Okay. All right. Okay, we are live. My name is Johnny, otherwise known as Johnny Tacos. You are here for the first live episode of Tuesday. Well, Taco Tuesday testimonials. See, I already messed up. It's going to be unfiltered, uncensored. I got my buddy Zook here on the on the line, about to talk to him a little bit of his testimony and things he's doing and things he's going to be doing in the, in the future. So you know what? You know, get. I'm tired of talking, so I'm going to do this intro. <laughs> Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Too kind. Too kind. Everybody lower it down. Lower it down just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. We know we got the man from Tennessee here, so y'all calm down. Calm down. All right. Awesome. What is up? First, I want to say thank you to all who who are going to show up. I have a feeling people are going to show up because people love me. And people love Zook. If, if you have a man named Zook... People are going to be, like, uh, drawn to him like a magnet. You know, my name is Johnny. You know, they go, oh, it's Johnny. So I had tacos. They go, oh, tacos. Everybody loves tacos. So so now, without any further hesitation, Zook Montague. What is up? Well, howdy, howdy, ladies and gents. I hope everybody's doing well out there in the digital world we call life <laughs> right now well you know uh, it seems like since the pandemic of unknown origins uh oh, gosh. that uh we've been more electrical you know we bought uh we had the zoom we have everything's uh electronic or automated just to protect us so um i guess this is the new norm you know, it's it's the yeah. uh, alienated people's dreams where they don't have to actually have physical touch on people. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's just going to keep getting uh, uh, crazier, <laughs> especially with the metaverse in a, a 2025. <laughs> Hashtag <Yeah>. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I'll just be dressed up as a dragon on the metaverse. I'll be the dragon. <laughs> Not the bad dragon. I don't want to say what I'll dress up as. Puff the magic <laughs> dragon. So <laughs> perfect. So you're from Tennessee, and you're the Tennessee Montague. That sounds like but a I rich am. name. Yes, uh, but I've never had caviar. <laughs> you never had caviar. Maybe one, oh, one day. Thurston Thunberg Montague the Third. I need more caviar. I need more wine. This wine is too young. I need it. Eighteen twenty-two. I don't know what. Yeah, this lime is. is. <laughs> I know. This lime is too sour. I want a better one that's sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want sweeter, uh, we got Welch's grape juice. That's about. Oh, as, perfect. That's about as rich as I'm going to get today. Is Welch's grape juice? It's what we use in communion at churches. Oh, perfect. Welch's. So <laughs> that shows how how rich and famous we are here in the uh, beautiful Waxahachie, Texas. So how's the weather over there? 
Oh man, it's a uh, really cloudy, so it's pretty gray. Um, right now, I think it's probably 60s. Tomorrow, it's gonna be crazy thunderstorms. Um, so so nothing yet, yeah, but, but my wife loves thunderstorms. She takes pictures of lightning from a safe distance and she's also very logical about it so she's not out there holding up a lightning rod or anything but oh, uh she yeah. gets some cool pictures yeah you gotta watch out for the lightning rod that'd be pretty cool i would like to see a couple of those um so does she use like one of those cameras that do like the 500 yes. pictures at well time? it's a canon rebel um but she has it's called a strike finder and you attach it to the hot shoe the, the top of the camera and it registers like the slightest sensitivity and um, light differentiation and all that stuff, and it'll just start start taking pictures, knowing that the lightning is about to come. It's actually pretty freaking cool. Um, but yeah, she actually has me go out in the field and hold a lightning rod. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I love you, husband. You're the greatest. You're the light of my life. Uh, hold this so you can be even more illuminescent. <laughs> yeah, now I really want to light you up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I brought you in here because this is a. Uh, taco tuesday testimonial this is uh giving your testimony uh you do have a great story what we talked about before the show pretty interesting um we'll get into it here in a second um so growing up as a child how did you grow up um were you um in a christian relation uh, you know family or was it pretty much uh non-christian yeah, a bit of both. I want to say it was semi-Christian-ish, but uh, like my mother, she wasn't ready for kids uh, at all, like I have a twin sister. Um, it was funny. She actually gave into uh, my grandfather remarried. He married a woman who is not uh, very nice at all, to put it nicely. <laughs> um, and I believe she convinced him to tell his daughter that, you know, she should get an abortion. So eventually, and so so she did give into that on her way to the abortion clinic. Somehow she walked into a church by mistake. And as you can see, um, God had a, a, a much better plan um, than that. And they, they talked her out of it. And um, and now here we are. But because she wasn't ready for kids, because she wasn't married, that's another reason her grandfather wanted her to get rid of us. Um, well, her dad, excuse me, um, was, um, well, because I, sorry, I lost, tra I, I lost track of thought. Um, but I, I guess he probably would have thought it wouldn't look too good for the family. So um, because she wasn't ready or anything, we went through like adoptions and went through all these custody battles back and forth. Like we ended up staying with her sister um, quite a bit growing up, but she um, she just had some anger problems at, at some points. And they, they're, she would just take it out on us verbally um, a lot of time, which is, man. That stuff takes a, at least for me, it, it took quite a quite a while for me to heal from all that growing up. So, uh, going through that aspect in life, um, unfortunately, you know, she she wasn't uh, like equipped like mentally to have children. She was holding this anger inside, and, and the only release was to give to y'all. How did that affect you um, mentally going through school or through your life period? Oh man. Well, being honest, like I, um, I remember probably being six, seven and eight thinking about suicide. I hated my life that much as a kid. Um, and there were some nights where I just cry myself to sleep. Like I would do it probably every other night for, for years until one point I just, I don't know, my, my tears dried up and I just stopped crying. Cause that became a sign of weakness. 
Um, and because I moved around a lot, like I forgot to mention this, but um, from what our biological mother told us, like our, our father, our biological father looked at us and just left. Like, so don't know who he is, but at this point, I don't really care. Like n- nothing against him. Maybe he didn't know she was pregnant, um, but I don't know how that worked time before cell phones and such. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and it psychological, like screwed me up for quite a while, like where I couldn't pay attention. Like, I just don't understand certain social cues or didn't like I literally had to get a book when I was probably in my 20s to understand how social cues work. Because um, I just never kept any long relationships because I would keep moving around and around, never had any sort of like long relationships. Didn't um, I think I witnessed marriage with marriage for three months growing up when I lived with my biological mother. Um, and then one night I remember waking up in the middle of the night um, and she said, we're getting out of here. Um, which at this point I didn't understand because I thought, you know, I'm like, hey, we're actually going to be a family. And I was also separated from my sister at that point. So I was just going through so much. Um, and he, I don't think it'll be bad, but but his name was John. And he was, a, he, he had an incredibly hard life growing up. And because of that, like it made him do a, a lot of things that weren't really, uh, I guess, uh, the, the smartest way to approach certain situations when, when you argue. Yeah. And um, he was just a very verbally abusive like household at times. And um, she didn't want to deal with that anymore. But it's crazy because the wild part is, is that man, he became a Christian and it was literally night and day. So it was for several months after he changed his life. Like it was crazy. Like nothing really bothered him a whole lot or he would probably go like release some steam somewhere else, but he wouldn't take it out on, on, uh, my, my mother or anything like that. Um, and I guess she just didn't want to, it was just too painful for her to live there. So I just remember waking up one night after I thought things were good. And then uh, we left and lived in a really tiny town in Virginia, uh, Stan- Standardsville, Virginia. It's like a blip on the map in the mountains of Virginia. It's uh, in between the mountains. You see the mountains and it's just right there. Yeah. If this, <laughs> well, if anybody's listening to the audio, but no, I, I could explain this, but just imagine this. And then here's the crack down the middle. It's like, yeah. like in the crack of the mountain, <laughs> <laughs> the butt crack of the mountain. Uh, that's what we call my, my town where I grew up. The butt crack of Texas. <laughs> we can say butt crack on here. That is a, that is not a bad word. That's an anatomy oh, verse. That's an anatomy verse. Yeah. Just don't tell my in-laws I said that word. <laughs> <laughs> they say behind. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I was in... The, my town was the behind of Texas. There we go. <laughs> or the armpit. Uh, whatever. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Yep. They both stink, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that means uh, children, always wash your armpits. And you're behind. Please. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if one smell could outweigh the other, but they both smell really bad. They're both body odors. Yeah, uh, especially when you got boys boys and you go right into their room. You can smell the aroma of boys. So, yeah, I have two sons, so. Oh, poor fella. I'm like, (laughs) did I smell this bad when when I was young? And my mom said, worse. I was like, okay. She goes, oh, it gosh. either smelt like a locker room or it smelt like a cologne, um, like a JCPenney's or something because it was all full of uh, cologne everywhere because I used to like take a shower in cologne. 
so I wouldn't take a oh, take yeah. an actual shower. I would pour cologne on me. Before they had the Axe body spray, you would just take the cap of the cologne and pour it all over yep. you. Yep. Nice. So, Glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you going uh, growing up as a kid, you were you seeing all this. You had to move abruptly. You thought, well, it's going to be a huge family. You are going to be a huge happy family again. Um, so did how? Uh, what happened after that? I think uh, I was at the age of 14 because um, because after my mother made that choice, like it was just uh, I think it was really hard for her to find find a job over time because it was I think it was just before that. No. Yeah, it was just before that. I forgot to mention this. Um, she didn't plan it all. So we had to stay in a Salvation Army. So we were we were homeless for a while. And then after she, uh, I guess, got a job outside of town, which was in Standardsville, that's whenever we moved to that area and she got a, an apartment. But I was miserable. Like, I, I think I was in fourth grade at the time, but I didn't talk to anybody. I wouldn't even talk to my counselor. Like, and I was trying to do like a dominance thing and just show that I was completely unhappy and I wanted to be with my sister and, and go back to East Tennessee, uh, where I lived on and off most of my life. Um, and eventually um, I was able to, I think I was, it was probably maybe like six to eight months. We're in that small town. I remember as a kid, like I would literally watch the movie James and the giant peach that animated claymation one, man, I think I literally watched it every day for months. Cause it was the only thing that kind of reminded me of a normal life living with, um, well, well my aunt and the guy I call my father, he was, uh, I, I just remember him being there the most of my life. So he was the father figure for me. Um, but living with them and then my sister, like they had a house and it was on, I mean, not a lot of land, but it had like woods in the backyard and he was, we were close to his, his uh, sister and his brother. So we would just spend a lot of time there. So it was really cool having that, that family dynamic going out there and then getting, having to go stay with my, um, my biological mother. Um, but yeah, we were there for about six to eight months. And then, uh, then that's whenever I left there and then it went to East Tennessee, um, and then I stayed with her until I pretty much moved out. Um, yeah, I stayed with her probably like a couple, maybe a couple years in, in Tennessee. And then we moved to Missouri to get closer to her her children. Um, and then I was there for about three years. And then I wanted to finish high school um, in East Tennessee. It was just, uh, for me, it was really, really tricky. I know, I know we all go through, a, or we all deal with emotions differently. And the way she did, I just, I, it, it really, really affected me and affected me. But also, like, I still was trying to understand emotions and everything because I was so emotionally screwed up. Um, but let me see. Uh, yeah, and it was after I moved away from Missouri to finish my, my uh, schooling in Tennessee, um, I ran into an old friend. And that's whenever we started, like, going, getting into a ghost hunting and stuff like that. And a whole new can of worms opened up. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's so wild because there were obvious times in my life where I had, I, haven't, I hadn't seen God because, like, nobody can ever see God. I mean, Moses saw his backside. <laughs> Wait, his back, not backside. Excuse me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh, we got to censor. No. Oh, man, we can't censor that out. Oh, no. <laughs> Moses saw his beep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was crazy because uh, I as uh, and I remember my, my senior year of high school, I would literally, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge believer. 
Um, and it, I mean, and demons are even in the Bible. Um, there's some people who don't even, not some people, some Christians who don't even believe in hell or demons or anything. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's, it's comical. Um, well, you know that but, Jesus, when Jesus casted out the demons out of uh, Mary, when um, when he came to her, so you know he it's noted in the Bible that he casted out demons, and they all ran oh, yeah. because they knew the power of the name of Jesus, and like, oh, we know this guy, and they take off, they kick rocks, you see a dust trail, <laughs> rock so, kickers, yep, <laughs> yeah, and then there was that fellow who was in the in the caves. Oh, I forgot the name of the town, but his name was Legion. So he was, gosh, I don't know, hundreds or, or thousands of demons. Yeah. And Jesus said, just go to the swine, which, which people, for those of you that aren't, um, that are newer to Christianity or not even a, a Christian, it, it's wild, like just the name of Jesus and how much power it has. But it also goes to show how horrible uh, of a place hell is because not even um, the demons wanted to go there. They were just begging Jesus not to send them to hell. They would rather go in pigs than run off a cliff. Um, it, I don't know, it, it's really, really interesting, but let's see, as soon as I, um, uh, moved in with my dad, um, I started working for myself and, uh, well at a job and tried to finish school, but, um, I honestly don't, don't really agree at the time with Tennessee school system. And now I pretty much don't agree with any sort of public school system, just being open and honest. It, it's so watered down and diluted. Um, well, I can, and it, and, I can, and, uh. I can go on a long discussion about the oh, uh, school system and how liberal and progressive, quote unquote, progressive they're acting with with all this nonsense that's going around, and not they're forgetting the actual uh, the actual job indication of being a teacher is to teach them facts, and you know, and they're they're veering off to theory, and yeah, it's, it's just it's it's. You're, you're, I think I'm thinking really they need to have a psych evaluation before they give somebody a teacher's degree. <laughs> yes. But that's just my that's my opinion. That you know that's just me. But uh, I do agree with you 100 percent on public schools. So. Um. Yeah, it was just so crazy. So I, I eventually my senior year I just started giving up, and then um. Of course, my I, I was I was. Working. Oh, they're excited! It's good to have a fan. <laughs> see, see, I got my my fan my fan club. They're they're waiting to meet you, Zoot. They're waiting. They're trying oh, to come perfect. in. Perfect. Hey, fan. <laughs> All right. So, where, where were we? Um, um. So, uh, I moved in with my dad. I tried to graduate school, and um, I ended up just not completing. I mean, I, I tried, but you can. I only, I only tried so hard, and then at that point, I'm like, they're not really helping me. Um, but. Let's see. Uh, so after that venture, well, actually throughout like that last uh, senior year uh, when I was there, we started going to um, the, these haunted locations around East Tennessee. And it was freaking crazy. Um, I think one of the other times I was hanging out with um, a friend of mine and we played on a Ouija board. That was the first time I played on a Ouija board. Those things are very real. No, wait, it was the second time. I forgot. The other time when I was when I lived in Missouri. I mean, it was freaking crazy, like this experience, but um, it was me and like four, I think it was like four other guys were in this house. Nobody was home. Um, and he was like, hey, I have a Sports Illustrated poster. Let's, because uh, he said, there's some weird things that go on at this house. I think it's on there. Like, okay. 
Um, so he had a Sports Illustrated poster and he flipped it over, which was just blank on the back. And then he started like writing letters and numbers on it. And then he got like a little, um, and it was a little bigger than a shot glass. Um, and we started playing around with it and the TV was on. Um, I don't remember if it was already staticky or fuzzy um, at the time, but anyway, I, I th- it started moving around as we were touching it. Um, and one of the kids, one of the guys, he just said something like cocky. Um, and then there was a loud like bang in the background and they were like, Oh, Oh. And, and then all of a sudden like the power went out, but the TV was still on. That was a weird part. So I guess all the power didn't go out, but the lights turned in and they all jumped over at the couch. But with me, I'm just always like a naturally curious person, um, to the point of like, not even ignorance, but stupidity. Like, yeah. um, cause I try, I, I like trying to figure out how things work. And plus if it's something that I can't see, I get really frustrated because I want to figure it out, but I know we're never going to figure out everything. Um, and this is dangerous stuff to look into. So anyway, like, uh, whenever they jumped over the couch, I looked at the TV and then I started hearing these groans and there were faces starting to form out of like the snowiness of the television. And they were coming out of the TV. Like they didn't come out of the TV, but, uh, they were coming closer and closer to the front part of the bubble screen TV. And for those of you who uh, weren't, weren't around with bubble screen TVs were that shows my age. Um, <laughs> it's just a glass, it's just a glass cover. Like that went over the, the television. Yeah. It was a huge, heavy, heavy TV. Yes. I remember when my dad got like a 55 inch. Like, yeah. But I could not pick that sucker up. My life depended on as a kid. Now um, we, um, when I worked at Aaron's, uh, rent to own we had a move a 32 inch tv and the dogs are getting mad because they don't like me talking about errands i guess uh, <laughs> okay fine a, a rental rent to own place um there we go i um we used to have to pick this 32 inch uh sony vega tv and it you, you would think um people nowadays 32 inch oh it's very light you can do it by yourself it took three people to lift it up because it was uh, close to about 250 pounds for that oh, TV. Oh, word. And it was, there, it was the <laughs> HD version of, of tube TVs at that moment. And when they started uh, talking about projection TVs and LCD TVs, my back was like thinking, thinking of the <laughs> Lord. Like, oh, thank you. I, now I don't have to lift up all that heavy stuff anymore. But uh, that's how I threw yeah. my back out was moving Ooh. the TV. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I would just say like so, some wild story. Of, yeah, there was a, there was a kitten in, in like a twenty story building on fire, and I went to save the kitten. And then when I fell, that's how I injured my back. <laughs> yeah, you know, mine mine is not that uh, dramatic or exciting. <laughs> you know, but back to uh, uh, just a warning: uh, do not try to uh, uh, play with the Ouija board or anything evil. Because um, evil projects evil, and you're inviting, um, you're inviting Satan in. You're inviting uh, these demons in to come in and actually uh, ruin your life, so to speak. You know, when you're, when you're doing something like that. So I, I urge you not to uh, partake in any of any of this kind of craft, uh, or you know, I just. I'm just looking out for y'all because uh, I've seen stories. I've read stories. Uh, you know, I heard firsthand um, encounters, stuff like that. So it's it's serious stuff. And 
if you don't have um even if you have the faith uh you know the strongest faith it can be altered too by messing with with dark stuff so oh yeah um well it made me think of job too um because you know he was incredibly faithful to god um and the devil just wanted to see is he let's see if he is so which by the way that's like the book of zook translation yeah, and, the book is- and it's crazy all the stuff that guy went through and then like all these demons and uh, everything because obviously like there was I, I don't know demons demons outnumber us probably like a thousand to one or ten thousand to one like there's a lot of demons um but but it's it's pretty wild but but yeah whether you notice it or not and even if you are a christian i mean i've heard of personal stories for friends of mine like we're not Yes, God created the world, but this de- the devil rules over it. So, I mean, th- there's there's a lot of, of ground he can cover. Uh, and if you welcome this stuff in, like it can literally haunt you and follow you and torment you. I mean, yes, it can't hurt you because you are project- projected or not projected, <laughs> protected by the Holy Spirit. But you still don't want to test that or tempt it or anything. Because um, supernatural stuff, man, it, it really drains you. Like it's just it's so much. Um, but but anyway. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so, did you get out of that whole um, uh, the the whole thing? Did you did you what pushed you out of um, messing with that stuff? Was it because of that one TV instance or? Oh no, I ended up like I was in that stuff for quite a while. I'd say for several years after that, just just paranormal stuff, um, and I just did it because I thought it was like a thrill and it was exciting. But um, no. But people, I was not a Christian at the time. So if you get angry at uh, people for trying to act like Christ when they're not Christian, just know they're they're not Christian. <laughs> so they don't really know any better. Um, and sometimes, yeah, I have, to, I have to remind myself that a lot because that's that's the biggest thing this this world doesn't really have a lot of, which is Christ. Um, which is crazy. He's so accessible. Um, but anyway, sorry, that'll be another tangent. Uh, <laughs> but it was, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it probably was like five years. So after there, like, um, we went to like a, another another location. Um, we call it the Reedy Creek House. So it was in Reedyville, Tennessee. Um, and it was so wild um, what I saw at that house. It was me, my buddy, um, uh, my buddy, her parents, and our friend, her, the her. <laughs> and she was pregnant at the time. And um, as we were walking around this house, um, her mother used to actually live there. So she was giving us some of the history and she was just saying, my dad was, was a, a big outdoorsman, but it was something about this property. When we moved here, he would just not go outside the house that much unless he had to. He said, and he was death, death, deadly or deathly uh, allergic to bees. And one day he was about to go outside and there were, there was a swarm of bees that actually literally silhouetted his body against the window of the door. And, and, and obviously when he was moving, it was, I'm like, that's freaking weird. Um, and then we went upstairs and by the time we were going to go upstairs, uh, my friend who was pregnant, she, she wasn't feeling too hot. So she and her dad, like her dad took her back to the car and the car was probably maybe about 200 yards or so from, from the house. This will go into play later why I gave you the distance. Um, and we went, we continued to go up the stairs, looking around and we were in one side of the portion upstairs. There was a pentagram in the other room on the floor. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's just a, a star with a circle around it. And that's normally for satanic type stuff. And um, 
and she was showing us around like the attic up there and I had my video camera with me and then all of a sudden I we heard something get thrown like it was big it was a paint can um because we actually still saw saw the paint can I don't remember if it was moving or not but it was there um and there were plenty of paint cans but but it was crazy like that 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 happened there and um as we as we walked out me and uh my buddy like we thought we saw some shadows but we but we're like oh maybe we didn't but then we got to the car and then um our friend said that her and her dad were, were looking outside um, or looking at the house and saw us like walking around outside. And then they saw us like running between the trees. And then they thought it was weird because after they already saw us walking out, then they saw the the three of us coming out of the house. They're like, wait, so who are those two, two guys who were just running around um, the field? So apparently there were shadow people out there um, as well. And then I have like another instant incident uh, where it was in Kingsport, Tennessee. It's called the Sensible Tunnel. If you guys know that tunnel, don't go there. Like it's, it's really freaky. There are two portions of it. There's one that it's actually like a little, there's nothing on the other side. It's just a stream that goes through a hill and there's train tracks that, or there's a train that runs over top of it. But there's a lip about this big that you can like skim the side so you don't have to get wet and step into the water. And man, it's, so my buddies that went there with me, um, they didn't want to get out of the car. And with me being me, I'm just like, well, we came all this way. I'm just going to go check it out. <laughs> so um, I got out and started walking. And it's, I want to say maybe it's about 100 feet, like, or maybe longer. Like, it's 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 pretty pretty long bridge or tunnel. And and halfway through, like, uh, no, before halfway, like, you would hear, it sound like people whispering, like, in the water. And I know that some, some people could say, oh, was the harmonics or it's something the way it, it's structured that way. I'm like, no, like, I actually heard it was, like, inaudible voices. It was like, oh, better look out. Come, come again. Like it sounded like that, <laughs> and like no, nope, those sound like people whispering. It's really creepy. Um, and then halfway through, there was a man's voice right by my ear, and it said, "Get out!" Like really freaking loud. And that's when my buddies, like they heard this, and they instantly like he took the keys out of his car and he ran over to where I was to see what I like. He said, "Did you hear that?" And I said, "Yeah, when I found out who this was." And but but they they got me before I got to the end, which there was no way it could have been because it was literally right by my ear, so it was a weird. Um, and then when my buddy finally got to me halfway through the tunnel, one of the guys was too scared to, to, uh, go into the tunnel. So he stayed in the car and then my buddy's car, I think the engine, it was really freaking weird. Like the engine revved or the lights were flickering. I know there's a big difference, but just bear with me. Um, and then he looked at his hands and he had his keys in his hand and those are the only set of keys that he had. And the other guy, he jumped out of the car, of course, freaked out. So they all, um, ran back to the car and, and then we uh, went to the, I don't know why, but we went to the second portion of the tunnels, which is probably like a maybe a mile away, um, which to enter it, there's a 90 degree turn. And then there's like water on this side. And then it just goes nothing but like woods and stuff like that. And then, and then fields around the wood line. Um, but yeah, it just goes to the tunnel. And then there's another field with a house. And they say, if you put your car in like neutral or, or something, it's supposed to start moving. So my buddy did that and he took his keys out and however that works um and then nothing was happening for it was probably at least maybe 60 seconds and then we started hearing uh and it and it turned out that was the sound of, of cracking a popping metal and the car was actually starting to move it was so freaking weird um and and i don't know why i, I think uh i think it was this time yeah so they were like ah, oh, oh they were freaking out um 
so then then they still wanted to do more in that area so well we stayed in in that tunnel and nobody would get out but of course i had my handy uh, ouija board <laughs> not ever recommended um but nobody wanted to get out and do anything with the ouija board but i took it out anyway and, I, and once again i had my camcorder um and i started walking down the tunnel and then i had that sense that overwhelming sense of uh, like you were being watched so when i turned there were eyes like like red eyes at the very end of where that 90 degree turn is before you enter the tunnel and there's a straight drop off to water and whatever that thing was it was freaking tall and it was that blacker than black and i can see it from where i was um because the tunnel still had that you know it was lit up a little bit in there from moonlight and stuff um but i'm like yeah i better start walking back to the car and then my camera started acting up and then we and then we we left and and i forgot but um on my video camera whenever i went to uh, the reedy creek house whenever we were up in the attic area um we rewatched that footage and i actually had a head floating across the screen it was so weird um i thought it was a moth but we paused it several times in tons of different frames and no we're like no it's a head like it was yeah. really really odd so um going through all that and um doing how you you know you're a christian now uh do you feel like um what were you thinking did you have that what were you thinking kind of moments like that yeah. you know you could have uh easily got s- seduced into that world and stayed in that world and something could have uh arose to, uh, to make your life even more torturous you know um there is there is a that that is sort of what what people call a lifestyle so and it's so weird i was still like a man i was an idiot because <laughs> I, I it still took me a while to get out of that and and even even us watching horror movies um stuff like that i mean we have to go back to the cliche like wwjd like would jesus literally be there watching that with you and you literally invite all that stuff in because if you're if you were to go to behind the scenes or even look at uh the behind the scenes for how they film some of these movies like they'll have i don't want to call them specialists but but some of these movies they want to make or make them super accurate so they will actually have like witches and warlocks um supernatural people and stuff like they'll literally have them on the set to help their not be the director but to help direct uh the the director on you know the, the proper choices to make it all realistic um and authentic so it's it's very interesting so just be careful folks um and then after that i, I moved away from from east tennessee um and just did some moving and then let's see when was this um I don't think anything crazy happened for a while. I, I just started getting into like heavy, heavy drinking. Um, and I could, I didn't really, I didn't think I had a problem, but then by the time I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, um, that's when I realized I'm like, man, I had to start, I just wanted to start drinking before I would go into work, um, to numb a lot of the pain. Cause I'd always tried to stay busy to, uh, suppress all the pain I went through growing up. Um, and, that's definitely FYI, everybody. That's definitely not the best way to do it at all. Actually, it's not the way to do it. No, because um, all it does is it um, compresses the issue yeah, until it gets to a point where it's overbearing. And it, yeah, it, it's a uh, it, it's pretty wild. Um, and then let's see after after that. Let's see. Yeah, after I moved to Nashville, um, I was leaving a club one night. 
This is a yeah October twenty fourth two thousand and eight, and this is when my true journey began. Um, well, my true journey of life for for my life change. Um, but yeah, I was leaving a club one night, and somebody drugged my drink, and I I blacked out and everything, and I went the wrong way down Briley Parkway. For those of you that are local, that's a really popular parkway, um, but not to go down the wrong way on. <laughs> um, but I hit somebody head on and then a couple other cars ran into me after that. So that's how I may got a lot of my injuries. Um, and I was unconscious <laughs> and, uh, and this isn't really funny, but I have a lot of sleeping issues and being unconscious. That was the best I slept in years. Yeah. Like I, I remember waking up in the ICU the next day, not knowing what happened. I just remember waking up and I'm like, someone's freaking choking me. Um, but it was a tube in my throat and I, and instantly I pulled it out. Oh my gosh. So don't ever do that. Like it feels like knives or like getting ripped out of your mouth. Like it freaking hurts. And my throat was sore for quite a while after that. Um, but yeah, um, luckily I remembered my name um, and how to contact my, my aunt um, because I physically, like I just, I couldn't do anything and I couldn't work. Um, I had fractured ribs and for somebody who likes to laugh and more importantly, breathe, um, it was really hard for me to uh, do a bit of both. So yeah. I had to go on bed rest and I knew my personality. So, um, which is uh, an addictive personality. So I'm like, well, I'm going to try to get over this and not do any pain pills, um, which I eventually had to. And after being, being, um, around just met me and my aunt, we were just buttheads um, at times. So I stayed there for a couple of weeks and then I moved back to Nashville. And when I did my roommates that I moved there with, um, they just said, well, since you won't be able to pay the bills, then you're going to have to find another place to stay. And let me give context to this. Um, they were cool roommates, but I really wasn't the best. Um, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't really help out when they would need it. I would always just kind of be doing my own thing. Um, but once again, I was ignorant to social cues and stuff like that. So if they, they didn't ask me, like, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, but yeah, if you guys have roommates, just uh, be respectful and ask if they need a, a hand from time to time. <laughs> but don't ask but, them while they're asleep. Don't open the door and say, why? <laughs> Do you need, are you <laughs> cold enough? Do you need a cover? <laughs> or do you want to play a game? Yeah, that'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah, you don't want, you don't want um, to have that, that kind of a relationship with the roommates. Yeah. Um, so when I moved to Nashville, um, at the time of my accident, I was actually going to school for massage therapy um, because um, I didn't need a high school diploma to actually do that. It was medical assisting or massage therapy. Massage therapy, there was way more opportunity but it's so crazy. Um, just what all it encompasses. Like it, you wouldn't know this, but it's it, like whenever you massage somebody, if they have a headache, it's something about like um, our body's energies or I don't think, I don't think on this level it's spiritual, but it's just our body's energy. Like if somebody has a headache, it can transfer into you and you can actually get a headache as well. Um, but maybe it depends on the type of massaging and stuff you do. And also marriages too. So if your wife is having a headache pretty soon, you're going to have a headache too. <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> breach! I mean, I mean, we're we're joking, honeys. We're joking. <laughs> yes, yes. Wink, wink. Yes. So, being a so so, you went to school to be a massage therapist. Uh, you had that. Was was it was difficult after that that uh, wreck to to actually um, keep doing that school right with the massage? Yeah. Yeah, I got jacked up pretty bad. And the thing is, like, I didn't tell school. I, I was honestly trying to look for a way out of that school. 
but I already paid quite a bit and had a scholarship that actually helped me um, help fund most of that school. And I'm like, you know what? This is twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Um, which totally, uh, I'll just say this: school. It's high tech institute. People, anybody in Nashville, do your research before you jump in there because they will, they will kind of screw you over. Um, or at least they did back then. Once again, this is two thousand and eight when I was there. Um, but anyway, um, I had to end up paying all that stuff back. But it was crazy because it was like uh, a day or two before I went to the club. Um, one of the girls in my class, she she practiced witchcraft, and I, I laughed because I thought she was joking. And how are uh, the school is structured? Like you have the the course, and then you have like the uh, what do you call it? Um, you have the lab where you actually do like uh, what you theory. learn, and then you have like the the classroom, which is yeah theory theory and lab. Oh yeah, and whenever like we partnered up and, and we were doing hand massages and she was looking at my hand and she was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, what? She's like, you're at high risk. And I'm like, high risk for what? She's like, you can die any minute. And I'm like, can't all of us die any minute. Um, and then she was showing that, I mean, I think I actually still have it, but it's like a Z on my hand. <laughs> but she said, if you have that, but I'm like a Z for Zuck. Um, I know my alphabets. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, she she said that, and then it's so where that accident happened um, not too long after. I don't know if it was uh, no, it wasn't because of that. But um, I went. Let's say I eventually ended up because um, after my roommates, I ended up having to move around quite a bit after that. And I just I'm like I need to get out of Nashville, so I moved outside of the city, um, and I moved in with her, and she had a roommate, um, and it was just a very very uh, difficult situation. Um, that, that I moved into. Um, Cause that, I guess you can call it an open relationship um, that we were in. And it was a, a love triangle um, because her, her roommate, she was in love with her and then she liked me. Like, so it was a uh, very, I'll just say, uh, I forgot the other one's name. Um, I'll just say Jen. Um, Jen was the girl who practiced witchcraft. And then T was the roommate. Um, but, uh, it was very interesting, like the stuff that started happening there where I literally thought I was going crazy and needless to say, um, I don't know. Did I mention it was, I was drinking and driving. I don't know if I mentioned that part, the blacked out. Oh yeah. Somebody drugged my drink. Yeah. But yeah, it was because I was drinking. Um, and I haven't heard anything about that accident, um, until like months later. Um, but yeah, throughout that time, it was February when I moved outside of Nashville and um that's whenever i'd see a lot of supernatural stuff happening in this house uh when when nobody was home i would see shadows of people like in the corner of my eyes and of course when i looked nothing was there um i would hear voices and whispers um it sounded like things were getting shifted around um and there was a point where i felt like i don't i don't know if it was a fool uh what do you call it um a full thing, but I was, I was doing, doing things that was outside of my own character. Um, so it was like, I was a backseat driver to my actions and to my mind. I would say things and do things that I just didn't have any control over but I would watch it happen. That was a weird thing. Um, possession. That's the word I was thinking of, but I, I don't know if it, it was a full position or half possession. Cause I don't know if there's like a, if it's either all or nothing, one of those deals, but yeah, that happened quite a bit when I was there. And then I remember waking up one morning um, cause I eventually ended up getting a job and the car that I wrecked when I was in Nashville, um, I blew all my money into and only had liability on. 
So I uh, didn't have anything after that. Um, and I ended up borrowing um, Jen's bike and I got a job at Applebee's and then there's another restaurant in town. So I'd bike back and forth between both jobs, um, 60 plus miles a week, no matter the weather. And most, most, most weeks it was um, like 12 hour shifts, um, seven days a week. And, and it was a really, really exhausting, I'll be honest. Um, and it was about two months later, um, an old friend of mine came into uh, the Applebee's and he, we just got to talking and he just brought up this new church that was starting up. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, tell me about it. Cause I was open at this point, but when I was a kid, um, uh, the, the times that I did experience going to church, like I was either really bored, I wasn't into it, but also even deeper than that, like as a kid, like we had an abusive Sunday school teacher, um, me and my sister. So it was just really, really difficult uh, for me to believe in a loving God when having to deal with all that. But I knew at this point after seeing uh, this witchcraft, I'm like, no, I, I, I need, I know there's God. Like this stuff is real. I know for a fact God is real. So I started being more open to it. And it's, it's amazing that the timing, like I met my friend, God's timing, of course, but um, it took me a couple weeks to pack up uh, the courage and um, put all my crap aside and just say, just go Zook, just, just go. So um, I biked to the church and it was amazing what he was. I mean, he was going over revelation, (laughs) one of the most difficult books of the Bible. Um, and I just love how on fire he was. And I'm like, man, he's actually reading the scripture and breaking it down. And FYI, that's um, expositor preaching. For those of you that don't know, it's amazing. I, I like that. I love that kind of preaching. Um, and excuse me. So so the next week I went back and then I started balling up because I wanted to tell him what I was going through. But I was scared. I'm like, dude, he's going to think I'm freaking crazy. But no, like after I told him what I was going through, he said, dude, you need to get out of there. But let me, let's pray. So, so he prayed for me and then he went to the property and then he said it again before he even stepped foot on the house. He said, or on the property, he was like, dude, you need to get out of here. Um, I don't, yeah, I think he actually did walk into the house and it was such a heavy presence. Like when I took him in there, like it was a heavier presence than, than it had ever felt before. Um, and while he was building up his church, he worked third shift at a gym here in town so between like my two jobs on opposite sides of town, I would go to, I didn't want to go home that much. So I would just go there and I would help him out, like help us help him in his third shift job and hang out and learn more about God and just share humor. Um, and that was so much fun. And then it was shortly after, I think uh, about a month later, I think it's like March. Yeah. It's around March at this time. Um, or April. Anyway, uh, I got a call for, from a sheriff and she said you have an outstanding warrant for dui i'm like okay she said so you better turn yourself in immediately and i'm like okay i'm gonna turn myself in immediately (laughs) so i got a friend to give me a ride up to nashville um and that ended up being like it took a long time like i had to get a lawyer of course um and luckily by the grace of god like i got a good lawyer so i got everything marked down to the very minimum i was sued for up to a million dollars um didn't have it. I didn't hear my grandmother's bubble screen TV. So I was more than happy to give that, but <laughs> fella didn't want it. Um, but everything luckily was, uh, resolved. Um, but it took years, um, eventually for all that to get off my record and stuff, but it was, let's see, when was it? Um, yeah, it was, I think July, August, no, September. Yeah. It, I think it was like September, 2009, that's whenever all of this uh, stuff happened. 
whenever I finally just said, man, I want to get this out of the way. Um, cause I, I was tired of having to keep going to, uh, Nashville to go to these court cases. Cause they kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed and I just was running out of money. So I just, I, I finally, I just, uh, said, okay, I'll do it. So I stayed, um, I did like the minimum 48 hours, um, nothing too crazy, but it's amazing the impact you make on people when you don't realize it. Because when I was in there, I was a Christian at that point. Um, and I was praying, but I was at a, I was at a room and there was probably at least maybe like 200 guys in there and I was not going to close my eyes when I prayed. Um, so, but, but I put my hands together and I just started praying before I ate and nobody else was doing that. And then the next day I saw that somebody else was doing the same thing. I don't know if that was because of me or maybe they were new and I didn't see him, but, um, it's just interesting the impacts you can make. Well, and, and um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go uh, on brother. Well, you know, it's, it, it's probably a comfort level. Uh, people are looking around. Well, I don't want to look like a, you know, um, I don't want to look like I'm going to be cast out because, you know, I pray before dinner. So, you know, they're, they're a little nervous, uh, about doing it, but then they see like you, you go out and you pray for your food and they start feeling comfortable. Okay. You know, I'm not here by myself, which, you know, if, if you, if you know, Jesus Christ, you're not by yourself anyways, you know, he's Mm -hmm. watching you even when you're watching that horror movie or, listening to that song you shouldn't be listening to he's there so yeah i can totally understand about praying for food because when i was a new christian i used to get nervous about uh praying for food you know uh you know i'm like okay well how do i pray uh how long should this pray last uh what's the length uh what what should i use proper english or ebonics or <laughs> what what should i use should i just talk to him like uh like i talked to my my grandfather or my mom or someone like that um so because my pastor would always say johnny can you pray us over over our food and i'm like okay all right here we go start <laughs> stretching my 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 christian muscles and i go yeah there it is lord thank you for the food you have given us and the family that you have provided us and please keep us blessed and blah, blah. And then, then my uh, pastor goes, you know what? You don't have to get theatrical about breaking <laughs> it. He goes, I do it because that's that's I'm comfortable and that's how I talk. But you can just talk to him like you're talking to uh, a friend, you know, because Jesus um, call, you know, calls you friend. You know, even all the stuff that you messed up, even uh, the lifestyle that you were living before you went to Christ, you know. He's still there. He still loves you, you know, and God, God's, uh, you're God's child. And, uh, like a father, like the prodigal son, you remember the prodigal son, he took oh, all yes. his money, went out and, um, spent it on, uh, debaucheries, you know, harlots, stuff like that. And he just went crazy with it. Got all this money. Yeah. And then he ended up losing this money. So he's like begging for places, starts working at a, pig farm starting eating the same food that the pigs were eating and mm. he says I, I can't do this anymore i gotta go i i can't I, and then he gets reluctant to go to his father because you know he'd done all this um terrible stuff he blew all of his money he he threw away he swandered his wealth uh he came up to him and what did his father do his father 
saw him and lifted up his robe or his skirt or whatever it is, starts running to him. <laughs> I could just see him start running to him. And like, and, and, and you hear him go, Papa, Papa. And you go, my son, my son, come to me, my son. And then he's hugging. And then you got uh, the good son in the background. <laughs> the guy that actually stayed there and helped the father. And he goes, uh, he hears his father go, hey, servants, get the the biggest, fattest cow and we're having a big party and all that. He goes, oh, what the, I'm, I'm over here. Why do I not get a fat cow? <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's just like also that story where, um, Jesus left the 99 to go search for that one. And mm -hmm. so, oh man, I'm just throwing all knowledge all, all day, every day, throwing that knowledge out. Oh, knowledge bombs. Getting a little burnt, get a little fire up going here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, um, so you, you went back, you started going back to the church, uh, you started praying in your meal, you start seeing other people praying. So, you know, you start feeling that, uh, that connection. What, what, what after about that? And there is no yawning in, in this show. Oh, darn it. I, I just woke <laughs> up about two hours ago cause I work late nights and there's no yawning. Cause then, oh, me uh, too. oh man, now you got me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, well, let's see after that. Um, see uh, uh oh yeah i did forget to mention like i was baptized in june 2009 and um and so after that i was i had to do community service and all that stuff and i met some really wonderful people while doing community service and luckily i got to do some of it at the church so i got to hang out with the pastor some more which that's always a plus for me um and that uh that was on my record for seven years um but it, I, gosh, for riding my bike everywhere, I was just so thankful that I was alive. Like God really changed my perspective on life. Cause literally when I would be biking to the restaurants, it would be snowing, sleeting or hailing. Um, or it would just be crazy windy and it would take me an extra long time since I'm just on my, you know, my leg power. Um, but it was so wild for all the, uh, amazing blessings that I had to be thankful for. Cause I was, I was so freaking happy. Um, I really should have done. Oh, I don't think I mentioned, but my car, it was, it snapped in half and my engine was in my passenger seat and my steering wheel actually, it, it was pushed out to where like my front, uh, the driver's seat was actually flattened and, and I still could have walked away, but they had to get the, the jaws of life to open up my car, um, and pull me out of there. So it was, uh, it was pretty wild. Um, but then uh, I eventually was finally able to move away from there. And I went to, I moved through one, two, three, yeah, three other places afterwards. Um, and the last place I moved in with a friend who was also a college pastor. Um, and that was, oh gosh, that living with him was so much fun. We got to use so much uh, Christian humor, <laughs> and, but, but really it was just humor in general. But, um, and, and then, uh, let's see, sometime around then, that's when I met my girlfriend, who then became my wife. Um, and let's Shout see. out to the wife. Oh, yeah, holla back. Oh, and I do remember this. I'll share this one last story. Because um, I'll have to head out in a second. Um, but it was shortly after I was baptized, or maybe like a year. No, <laughs> I know it's a big difference. But it was either the first couple weeks or a year or something like that. But I had a dream that I was running from rock to rock. These are big boulders and rocks. And I was running uh, with my friends. And then when I woke up, I woke up in fear. And I realized we were running from shadows. And 
I felt this overwhelming evil in the corner of my room. And, and this was, yeah, I think this is uh, two weeks or so after I was baptized. Um, but there was a full-fledged shadow. I mean, it was freaking giant. I mean, it was so big, like it had to hunch over in the corner of my room. I don't know the average height of a ceiling. I think it's like eight feet. But but it was darker than dark. And I can clearly tell the silhouette and the form of what, and the mass of what it was. And me being a new Christian, I didn't know what to really do. I just knew there's a lot of power in Jesus's name, but I can only get out stutters uh, and just saying, Jesus, he was difficult. Um, but I finally was able to get his name out and I grabbed my Bible and I just hugged it and just went to sleep. Um, hadn't had anything crazy like that since. Um, but there were actually like probably two weeks after that, another incident where I, w- I went to like a friend of mine, we were hanging out and and she was having a, um, a little get together and um, she was getting bored. So she's like, Hey, let's go to a graveyard down the street from my house. And she lives way out in the country. So we all walked out there. Then on the way back, um, I could tell there was this guy who was staying far back behind us and me doing my, in my ghost hunter days, I can tell people um, I can tell the ones who can uh, have like that third sense or third eye, whatever um, supernatural sense. I'll just call it that. And I can tell, like, he kept look o- looking over his shoulder. And then I heard a really weird sound. And it sounded like a uh, trash bag getting ruffled around in bushes. But there were no bushes around me. And it was just fields and then trees further on down. Um, and I said, what the heck was that? He said, you heard that? And he said, that was a demon laughing. And I'm like, what? Um, so it was really weird. Um, and then he had told me that they were, him and two other friends, um, they they were watching me at, like, at our birthday party. Um, I don't, that doesn't sound creepy, does it? But, um, <laughs> they just said something about me, like just really stuck out to them. And I said, yeah, man, I just gave my, gave my life to Christ and I'm changing. And he said, yeah, we can tell we had a feeling it was something like that because these demons are literally popping up out of the ground. They said they were literally be showing up like this, like as we were walking, they were getting bigger and bigger and bigger, just, uh, and, and they were just staring at me like death stares. Um, and I think they just said just to be careful. <laughs> yeah. like, Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, become a new Christian. Uh, you have a new, um, you, you help out fathers and entrepreneurs. I can't, that's too much words for me. This Tongue twisters. It. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. So you help them with the fear of life or uh, how does that go? I, I would like to plug, plug your, what you like to, uh, what you're doing um, before you. Oh, have dang, to leave. Thank you. Well, I created a Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group, um, but it's called Productivity. <laughs> See what I did there? Yes. But but it helps you stay productive, and it and it um, revolves around health, habits, headspace, and most importantly, humor. So, because humor has saved my life on so many levels. Um, but I really like if you would love to work together. That's that's something I love to do. I I specialize in dads because, well, I'm a dad. Are you sure <laughs> and, you're a dad? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I, I in maybe. this day and age, <laughs> what pronoun are you? I don't know what pronoun. <laughs> I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> child of God. <laughs> I go by a child of God. <laughs> yes. So, but um, my face. Yeah, my Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash productivity, and you can find me there on Facebook, Stephen Zook Montague. And he is Professor Zook. <laughs> I'm gonna I steal that. that one. <laughs> Brother Mon. Brother Burn. All right. Well, I know you have to go because the children is a calling. Yeah. So, um, what I want to say real fast to everybody: um, the show's about to end. 
my first live broadcast with my my new brother in Christ, Zook. Hopefully, uh, we can get him back on the show uh, another time. Um, it, it's been an honor to meet you. You know, you're stand-up guy. I love listening to your testimony from uh, how you grew up to seeing that glow of uh, new life in you through uh, giving your life to Jesus. Oh, yeah, that, that was very cute, very cute. For the guys, uh, for people who can't see, uh, he he did the little uh, hand thing on the on the chin kind of the 80s 80s yearbook picture yeah the yearbook picture so uh it's it's an honor to to meet you and hopefully uh we can still keep going on have some uh projects in the mist coming up uh, for sure live so um what i want to thank all the new listeners that popped up if you did this by accident it is not your fault because god has something to teach you within my little ramblings or my guest ramblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to the diehard listeners that listen to me on a daily. Uh, that's not weird at all. Um, thank you so much. You keep this weird podca- podcast glued together. And without y'all, uh, I probably would have gave up talking. Why would I give up talking with this voice? You know, my mom told me I have a full, <laughs> I, have, I have a face for radio, so I, I thought it was I thought it was a compliment. And then I looked at the <laughs> mirror and I was like, "Oh, thanks, mom. Thank you. <laughs> How Thank dare you?" <laughs> so um, we have uh, a new origin stories coming out to uh, Sunday with a Hadash Kadash. Uh, I believe that's how you say it. I'm going to butcher his name before I even uh, even put him on there. So if you're listening before your interview, I am sorry, but be prepared for me to uh, mess up once or twice if we go live. If we don't go live, then I'll edit it, and I'll sound like I'm a professional. Woo-woo. So um, to everybody, I hope you all have a blessed night. I hope that God uh, comes to you and and opens your heart up because he wants to be in there. Uh, if you're going through a, a life of sin right now, if you're, if you're lost, if you can't find your way, um, look through the book of the, of the Bible. And if, if you can't understand what the Bible says, cause I know there's a lot of old texts and stuff that you get confused. Um, go see, uh, go to a church, talk to a pastor, talk to a friend, talk to your parents if they're Christians. Uh, you can't do you can this. Reach alone. out to one of us. <laughs> you can uh, you can contact my buddy Zook. I'll put his uh, Facebook on there on the recording, so you'll have all these uh, people wanting to talk to you. They want to talk to you. Tell me about Jesus, and what should I eat tonight? I need to know. I need to know. Okay. Anyways, speaking of eating, I'm like I'm gonna make my spaghetti. So I'm gonna lead this out with a word of prayer. All right. Uh, Father, thank you for bringing Brother Zook into um, the show. His testimony is not only enlightening, but a teaching tool to show the tremendous power that you have over the demons of the earth. Uh, Father, please bless him and his family as he continues through his day in praising you lord and please bless all of our listeners 
with the power and the knowledge that you are the one and true God and you are the one that can break the chains that keeps us weighted down in this earth. In your blessed name, amen. All right. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Love y'all. Y'all keep it real or realish, and we'll see y'all soon. See you guys. See you, Johnny.